I'm going to give you the whole load today. Interview with Dick Pound, who is the longest standing member. He makes a fist around the nuts. You're listening to the Smashcast, the sexiest podcast in the universe, with DC Girl and Bishop on the No Agenda Podcast Network. All right, we're recording. Yeah, we're up. Okay, awesome. I guess I'll start off. I'm Bishop. I'm DC Girl. And you're listening to the Smashcast. So we're going to open with a little news article in, in light of the whole coronavirus uh, thing that everybody's into these days. We're going to talk about how New York City is going to stop the spread by declaring war on rim jobs. So the New York City Department of Health is bending over backwards to warn the public about a whole new threat the rim job. The city's health agency issued graphic guidelines for sex practices during the coronavirus pandemic. And while many were quick to take jabs at the agency for labeling masturbation as safer than sex with a partner, most most of them missed the backdoor rim shot. Yes, the city specifically called out rimming. Or, well, Tongue on anus um, rim jobs as a danger a danger to uh, public safety. So, with the rim job out, what's in? I don't know, but I mean, the fact that I had to call that out is 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 quite entertaining. Well, I mean, New York City seems determined to save the world one one ass to mouth at a time. <laughs> but, but I, I mean. mean- how many how many cases of COVID could have possibly been passed that way that they would like need to warn people of all things, right? Flatten the curve, man. Flatten the curve. Apparently, there is um, virus in feces, so there is. I know. mean, but I'm surprised they didn't uh, try to you know uh, split the baby and say uh, use a dental dam or something. Well. Um... Right. Yeah. There's, there's absolutely safe ways to, to engage in this activity. Um, I guess they didn't think anybody was capable of that. I mean, not my cup of tea, but I I guess if it's their thing, then uh, then go for it. I mean, you stick parts of you and whatever you want to stick it in somebody else. If they're consenting, it's, (laughs) it's no worry of mine, but you know, we all want to flatten the curve. So we'll keep our tongues in our mouths and out of asses. More the second than the first, yeah. <laughs> well, I think um, you know, in, in in the spirit of flattening the curve, we'll just we'll just halt on the rim jobs for now. What do you think? I think that's a very good idea. I approve. And and if you wanted to know, Bishop, who your safest sex partner is, it's you. <laughs> is this that like self partnering thing you were mentioning before? <laughs> Yes, apparently masturbation will not spread COVID-19. I mean, as long as you wash your hands first. That or, and as long as you don't do it out the window like all the people singing. <laughs> right, yes. Yes, keep keep it in your keep it in your house. Um, you know, hashtag stay at home. <laughs> that, yeah. that goes for everything you put out. <laughs> Indeed. Right. All right. Do you want to get on to today's topic? Yeah, let's get on to today's topic. So by popular demand through a poll on No Agenda Social. And it was very popular, by the way. It was. So that might say something about the No Agenda Social community. But hey, whatever. We're not judging. 
the, the most popular topic was libido. Li oh, lim I can't even talk. Libido imbalances. You got it. You got it. Or imbalances in libido. <laughs> yeah, we, so, should, we should have taken another poll to sort of see how everybody, I guess, slanted on that. But I'm going to go on a hunch and assume that they're mostly guys, and guys are mostly the, the hornier ones. So. Really? So you so you're gonna um you're gonna go right off the bat and say that the libido imbalances are always men more than women. Like men want always, more than but I would say usually. Interesting. So that's why you think that it, it pulled well. I think so. That's my guess. I mean, unless all of them were uh, maybe overwhelmed with the, uh, the amount of demand. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, no, I don't think it's a supply and demand thing. You think that, um, so you think that men that don't want it as much, it's because there's too much demand? I don't know. I think maybe, uh, well, like, like I said, it's probably a popular topic either because they uh, don't get enough or they just get way more than they can handle, right? <laughs> um, I'm not sure who, who out there is complaining about that part, but um, I mean, I think I've, I've been on both, both sides. I, uh, I've only ever been on one side of it. and uh, well, I can guess that side. <laughs> of course. Um, but I think that, I, I mean, there's a number, there's a number of reasons why libido might not be, well, normal. I don't want, I don't want to say normal because I, I hate, I hate saying normal because. Uh, yeah, there is I, no I normal. I get that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so there is, there really is no normal, but, um, so I guess, I guess the key is really to find somebody who balances with you. I guess, yeah. I mean, I have kind of like a half theory on this and it's not scientific. So, you know, don't quote me or anything, but Go for I, it. Think it comes down, I think it comes down to like two different sort of elements. I guess the first set of elements is like, is it like a persistent thing or a temporary thing? And, and the reason I say like, is it persistent to like, some people are just not wired that way. I get it. This is the way people are. Um, and then the other half of it is, is it temporary? Like did something cause it? So like, is, is it an emotional thing or is it a physical thing? I think that's usually the way I break it down. Temporary things I think can kind of be fixed or maybe I'm just optimistic. Whereas I feel like those persistent things are just not worth the time. Yeah. So I, I think that uh, if you go into a relationship and it, and it is balanced and the, then that changes, that's really different from just innately both having uh, an imbalance or, so, or, yeah, or different, sure. right? So I, I, I've, um, I think I've been in, in both situations and I think, oof, well, let, let's start with uh, going into a relationship where it is balanced and then something goes south. Yeah, I've so, definitely had that happen before. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the typical thing is always that, you know, the first three months, the sort of honeymoon phase, um, and then things sort of change. But I mean, I've had other stuff happen as well. I've had sort of longer term situations change and have some theories about that. But um, I don't know. How about you? How about you? Um, the most um, noted imbalance I ever had in a relationship actually existed from day one. So it, and, and it was, he had very low interest. Oh. So it, it you know, in, in retrospect, uh, I'm, I ain't going to lie. Maybe he just wasn't that into me. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not uh, it's possible, but then why were we dating? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Just, just cu cut me loose. If you're not, if you're not into it, just like well, cut me loose. Yeah. With, with every relationship I start, I definitely let them know early. Like I'm kind of, 
like redlining all the time. So um, you gotta be ready to, to be there or it's not gonna work. Yeah, I think this guy was your polar opposite. <laughs> um, and I think I felt like I could change it or make it better or that it would change or get better. And maybe I just didn't accept that not everybody has the same libido. Yeah, I mean, for a, while, um, for a while, I didn't even realize people had different libidos. I, I just kind of thought everybody was always really horny and really good at hiding it. Right. Like, you kind of just assume that everybody's into it all the time. Yeah, it, of course. Right. Yes. And then I think when you encounter um, somebody who has a lower libido than you, it could, it could be kind of hurtful. I don't know, ego damaging. Um it can be uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, emotionally you know, hurtful in the relationship because you feel rejected. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's problematic. It's very Absolutely. problematic. Well, the thing too is not to like go too deep into another future topic, but the whole love languages thing, right? If touch is your favorite love language, then uh, it can really, yeah, it can mess with you like emotionally, right? You think the person doesn't care. So yeah, I totally agree. It's, it's really important. Yeah, uh, it is. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah I, have, I have not taken... A, Full disclosure, I've not taken the what is your love language test or, or read the book, so I don't know what my love language is, but I know you've talked about it a couple times, and uh, it, it clearly ties totally into that. Um, some people do crave that. that, that and, I, and I don't even want to say that it's, it's how you feel validated because that, that, makes, that makes you sound needy, but I don't think there's anything wrong with 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 needing that in a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, the other, the other love languages, and again, not to dive too deep into it, but like there's um, words of affirmation and, or um, gifts or quality time. And I really don't think you'd necessarily be called needy for wanting too much of those others. So. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, nobody's ever really called needy for wanting to hear that I love you or whatever. <laughs> exactly. But Right. Well, I feel like um, the problem with libido imbalances is that if you're, and I guess neither one of us are coming from a particular perspective where we were on the lower ends, but I mean, putting yourself in the shoes of somebody who's on the lower end, uh, it's a lot to give of yourself to just kind of give <laughs> give it the old college try to, to, to kind of make your partner happy. Don't you think? Uh, yes and no. I think, I think some of it too is, I mean, it's a good stress reliever too, right? So sometimes like low libido can be caused by stress or anxiety, but if, if it's a good stress reliever, maybe you just go and do it anyways and bliss out for a bit. <laughs> well, it, it can be, it can be hard to, to convince somebody of that. Um, you know, everybody has their own, ways of relieving stress i'm not sure yeah i'm not sure if it's uh sort of like an introvert extrovert thing we're getting on here like the introverts recharge by being alone and the extroverts like right like i I was always told the difference the real difference between extroverts and introverts where it's not how you acted it's, it's where you got your energy from right so anybody can be outgoing, but if you're an introvert, it it drains you. And if you're an extrovert, it energizes you. And I'm a complete 100% extrovert. And when I'm up in front of people talking and, or up in front of a class teaching, I'm so 
energized that I'm like wired for hours. I can't. I used to to teach a class that ended at 940 at night and I couldn't sleep for hours. Interesting. Yeah. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of 50, 50. I need a good balance. So um, I'm not sure if that factors into it all, but I'm trying to think back to people I've dated and I don't think it really matters too much if they're introvert or an extrovert. Cause I think part of the extrovert thing too, like you get energy from like a group of people, not necessarily just one person. Right. Oh, that's, that's, um, that's, that's interesting. So yeah, that's a, uh, that's a really good point. So like being around one person could kind of drain you. So what you're saying is if you're an extrovert, maybe you need to be in an orgy instead. Obviously, <laughs> obviously <laughs> you will feel super energized afterward. I promise. That'll fix all of your anxiety issues. Exactly. Well, I mean, speaking of anxiety, I mean, anxiety, depression, uh, obesity, I mean, all sorts of health issues uh, can contribute to changes in libido, right? I mean, in both directions, really. Uh, there's there's so many um, uh, men, uh, mental conditions um, that have uh, uh, like a sexual, I don't want to say dysfunction, but like aspects to them you know, um, whether it's acting out sexually or, uh, just being more sexually open. I know these don't sound like bad things, but sometimes they're associated with different mental conditions. Very true. Very true. So I I don't know. I mean, I, I've heard, um, crazy in the head, crazy in the bed. I mean, (laughs) maybe you could, uh, talk more to that. I feel like there's no correlation there, to be honest, less really people would think. So that's not the, the crazy chick is not the, the end all and be all. Sometimes they're just no fun at all. And then sometimes the quiet ones, you just got to watch out for. Okay. I see. So (laughs) really, so there is no, there is no crazy in the head, crazy in the bed. It's a myth. No, I think that's a myth. I think that's, um, maybe there's some weird confirmation bias because those, the ones that are really loud and get out there a lot, maybe, uh, make a reputation of themselves. But, um, no, I haven't really found a correlation there. This sounds like an excuse for dudes to have sex with crazy girls. Yeah, I think so. Um, okay, that maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, the other thing is apparently they give great head, but again, I've kind of been all around the map, and um, there's good, there's bad, and it doesn't seem that, correlated to that. That's a um, that's a stereotype of, of crazy chicks. Yeah, apparently. Huh. Interesting. I could never be a guy. It's so complicated. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot simpler for us, I think. I don't know. There, there is no crazy guy trope. <laughs> I mean, maybe they'll kill you. I, there's well, yeah, really... a weird stalker guy, apparently. Right, yeah. There, there, is, no, there is no awesome fantasy of, of a crazy guy. That, but that's odd. But there is so many awesome fantasies about crazy chicks, I feel. I don't know. Maybe that's just my perception as a woman. Um, that, I think that might be coming from the crazy guys. <laughs> Maybe I found the crazy guys <laughs> and they're all into crazy chicks. Yeah. That'd be awesome. great if they all just stuck together, but I feel exactly. like that's not sort the case. themselves out and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the lowest libido guy that I ever dated was, is he's not dead. Uh, maybe 10, 10 years older than me. And, you know, I was in my age, age is an interesting factor. Right. So he had, he had turned 40 right before we dated. So I was like in my very early thirties and 
I mean, now I'm 40 and it ain't that old. So now I feel like you had no excuse. <laughs> well, I mean, um, I've, I've dated a 40 year old and yeah, she didn't have any problems at all. She was right. more lively than some younger people. Yeah. So, so I kind of feel like that wasn't the excuse. And like I said before, maybe he just wasn't that into me, but um, I also think that maybe he just also wasn't that into sex. I yeah, don't he just know. probably wasn't wired that way. Yeah, I mean, hey, maybe not. And he is moved on, got married, have a kid, super happy for him, still friends, awesome person. Which, when you do end a relationship with somebody, even for these weird kinds of things, uh, best case scenario, right? For yeah, me. I so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess there wasn't much of an attachment there, so it's it's a little less awkward. Yeah, it was it was a couple months. It was long distance, um, but we were both very able adults to fly back and forth. It wasn't like um, long distance, I'll never see you kind of thing. But, uh, you know, you know, especially it being long distance, I kind of thought that when we did see each other, it would be like fireworks. Fireworks, yeah. Not, yeah. not so much. Yeah, exactly. I've always, yeah, I've always thought that was kind of weird too. Uh, I've dated a few people who are like, yeah, you don't see them often, so you expect to make the, the most of the time that you see them. And then it's kind of a letdown. It puts a lot of pressure on the time you are together yeah that's true i think it depends it put, on the person too but yeah absolutely right well <laughs> only going from this relationship it, it was uh it was a lot of pressure on the weekends we spent together where not much happened <laughs> except for maybe some great meals in new york city that was that was about it <laughs> interesting interesting yeah yeah ab- yeah absolutely and um you know i the only other uh couple I know of because you know this is this is a tough thing people don't often talk about it you don't you don't you don't your friends don't often talk about these kinds of things libido imbalances uh, can be kind of embarrassing or shameful or or, or whatnot um I, I do know a couple uh casually um who who almost almost divorced over this uh this issue I mean it's it's totally valid I was engaged and it's one of the main reasons we broke up. So yeah, absolutely. Wow. I, I'm learning something new about Bishy. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. No, it, was, yeah. Um, it was, it was a kind of interesting situation. Cause uh, yeah, it was one of those situations we dated for like two and a half, three years, mm-hmm. uh, got engaged and libido sort of tanked. And I think there was more, there was more to it than just getting engaged. Um, been doing a bit of elementary research again, not a scientist. So don't quote me, not a doctor, not a professional opinion. Um, but she did get off birth control. So that, uh, changes sort of the hormonal profile and, uh, can create some libido issues as well. So I think part of it was tied to that. Interesting. So you, you think it, um, do you think that was like a, uh, like a, a dip and then maybe it would have gone back to normal or do you think that that was going to be permanent because of the stopping the birth control? You know, I'm not too sure. And I've I've read that women in general are more promiscuous when they're on birth control and that may also be a hormonal thing. Yeah. It's because they can't get knocked up, yo. Yeah, exactly. Right. No, there's no, no, no risk at that point. So uh, I wasn't sure, but it was also like, it kind of bled into everything else and sort of like made the whole relationship toxic. Um, And yeah, I just got really, sort of difficult. It was like dating a totally different person. And uh, yeah, I had to cut it short. So it sounds like she kind of changed. Oh yeah, it was like a total 180. Interesting. Did anything else about her personality change? Yeah, yeah, much shorter temper. Uh, anxiety like through the roof. 
generally just uncooperative, didn't want to talk about things. It was, uh, it got, it got pretty messy. Wow. I mean, I haven't, I haven't been on birth control in like a decade, but, and I, I wasn't ever even on it for very long. Um, but I definitely didn't notice that stuff like that. Yeah. That's, there's that's yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff that gets tied to it as well. Like even the types of guys that women select, like their features and stuff like that. So there's, there's a lot of really interesting things like that. I mean, it even happens at different times in the cycle. Right. So. I'm just, so when I'm you're, just, when you're fertile, you want a toxic male that's going to have a ton of sperm and knock you up. And when you're not fertile, <laughs> you want something different. Is that the theory? Did I sum it up that, right? That's pretty much it. Yeah. Totally not a doctor, but I feel like I just nailed that. <laughs> I, think you, I think you did. I mean, that's a good, if, if you didn't read that anywhere before, that was a very good guess. Cause yeah, that's, Generally, well, it, it works out too. I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, if you're if you if you're ready to have a baby, if you're fertile, if you're you're looking for somebody who's also fertile, it seems. I'm not saying it's right, but it seems pretty basic. I mean, yeah, just evolutionary theory, right? You're looking for the best genes, so. So if you're on birth control and you're kind of never fertile, you're looking for somebody who's not as horny <laughs> did know, i nail I'm, it <laughs> I, I think i think it's actually the opposite i think it's almost like you're not because what it does is sort of pumps you full of hormones so you're not fertile but you still have the same level of hormones ah, so yeah it tricks you into being pregnant sort of yeah is that what it is or okay tr- tricks you into being thinking you're fertile all the time even though you're not okay so now let me ask because you're you're dating you're you're in you're in the biz you're in the in the pool of of dating is this something you try to suss out at the beginning of a relationship i mean not for the whole do i need to use a condom what are we going to do for safe sex kind of thing but do you kind of evaluate this as sort of like a kind of just like a relationship thing and Um, how they're going to act it's something i definitely keep an eye on like i think that that'll actually be another really good show is if we talk about uh uh like sort of what do we call it in the, in the doc sort of like tests but not, not even really tests like things to look out for on a first date um right so like not making not setting up artificial hoops for somebody to jump through but just observing their behavior yeah exactly i mean i'm, I'm a big proponent of saying you know uh actions speak louder than words so i think uh yeah absolutely just keeping an eye out for certain behaviors and stuff like that uh will tell you a lot about a person a lot more than their words will right absolutely absolutely so so as far so let's 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 dive deeper into bishy's dating (laughs) um are you okay with a a woman who who demonstrates a strong libido on the first date or do you feel like time and place roll it back on the first date oh good question i think i think that matters less um I think a lot of other stuff matters more and then that's just kind of a nice to have either way. So I don't know. Like, I think, I think it's more about personality. If they have the kind of personality where they just don't seem like the kind of person that is sort of a long-term thinker, then great. She's good for a good time. But if she seems like she's a little bit more level-headed, but you know, the chemistry was there mm-hmm. and that's cool. And she's a keeper. Nice. Yeah. I think, um, Thinking back to past relationships, um, geez, I would say that my libido has varied and it really has nothing to do with 
physical characteristics of the other person or uh it's more but yeah it's more about the chemistry absolutely 100 percent. yeah when the chemistry is right um and, and i guess that balance is part of the chemistry it just it just works yeah absolutely actually you don't know, come to think of it there is one time where i wasn't really interested in somebody that I was dating and uh yeah that that i guess there was a bit of a, a libido disconnect there yeah really I'm very 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 briefly though because i at first i thought there was something wrong with me and then it kind of hit me i was like oh i'm just really not into this girl <laughs> right well yeah i mean there there is that whole just not being into the person or, or falling out of lust with them i mean like you 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 alluded to that first three months um earlier uh and how that's sort of the fireworks um do, do you feel like you kind of fall into like a normalization pattern after a couple of months with somebody new? I think it depends on the person, but I think in general, I'm like, I'm always still go, go, go. Like, so, so it's kind of this weird disconnect when they start to trail off and I'm just like, Oh, okay. never mind. But so you usually, find that you find a natural trail off, huh? Yeah. It's always three months. I mean, I just had three months to sort of, you know, I'm right. sure that's pretty standard for everyone. Um, but yeah, I find that, people tend to trail off I mean, some don't. And those have been like my longest relationships. Right. So, um, but yeah, when people start to trail off, then it's kind of like, well, like I said, I think it comes back to what I was saying before. So it's probably a temporary thing because if it was persistent then that chemistry would have been there to begin with. Um, and I think, I think sex is a good barometer of the relationship, right? So if that's not working, there's probably some other stuff that needs to be dealt with first, right. Or it needs to be handled. And if uh, the person's not willing to handle it, then, there's not really a point in dating them, right? Yeah, <clears throat> I, I agree. I, I think that, and I'm sure we'll cover this in a, in a future episode, but um, I, I have a personal view that if you don't, if you don't want to be your best version of yourself for the person you're with, you're not with the right person. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. So if, if, and I don't, I don't mean the horniest version of yourself but by any means, but I mean the healthiest, best functioning version of yourself. And, and if that best version of yourself is, is, you know, a moderate libido or, or whatever, that's fine. But um, I, I've, I believe in, you know, taking care of yourself. Um, you know, so uh, I'm going to try to quote something that's way above my, intellect level but narcissus or whatever the greek myth right yeah yeah you see the you see you want to see the best reflection of yourself in somebody right that that's that's the whole thing there right and if yeah, you can't reflect and if you can't reflect the best version of the person you're with then then what's the point there it's just not going to work yeah and, absolutely i think i think if you care enough about that person like that's something you want to give them right right uh, absolutely. So if, if, if there's something going on in the relationship or if there's something going on within yourself, Hey, I mean, just be open about it. You know, this is why yeah, I'm not down. This is why I'm not DTF. <laughs> right. Like yeah, and, and the thing too is like, there's that saying that uh, like the biggest part of the problem is like defining it. Right. So like once you get it out there, you can actually sort it out. If you sort of leave it in this weird nebulous space, then it just kind of grows and grows and doesn't actually get solved. True. It, it gets, it gets worse and worse. Uh, uh, you, you fall farther and farther apart. And, um, I have some, some slightly older friends, uh, or I don't want to say older friends, but let's say 
farther along in their their lives and relationships, meaning they have teenage kids. Um, so been married a lot longer and I'm actually I'm I'm 40 only 41 and I'll say it like that I'm only 41 and I'm starting to see friends that have kids that are like high school age and they're starting to look at their spouses and they're realizing that they're just roommates with their spouses and they're just co-parenting with their spouses and the relationship is gone and the kids have gotten to the age where they're quote unquote able to handle it and they're starting to think about divorce that's awful i mean i guess good for them if you know they don't want to torture each other but um that's kind of sad (laughs) right i mean in one friend's case you know um good for them for not waiting until they're in their 60s you know what i mean like the kids aren't out of the house but the kids are old enough to hopefully handle it and they're trying to just move on with their lives while they still feel like they have a chance to move on with somebody. And that's a horrible situation to be in. And uh, again, in this situation, the libido imbalance is clearly a sign of something else. Um, but it's a big red flashing Amber alert. That's like danger. danger. It's probably been there for a while too. Like it's almost probably at the point of like no repair, right? It has, it has. My friend has expressed this issue throughout the years, but now that, um, his kids are older and, uh, you know, probably uh, better able to, oh, I don't think they're old enough to understand all of this adult dynamics, but maybe old enough to, to, to talk, to, to deal, handle it. I don't know, more well-equipped to handle it. I'm not sure yeah. what the answer we, we is here. We just get them to listen to the podcast and we'll explain it to them. <laughs> no. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate to see people and they're like, in this case, late forties, almost early fifties going for round two of life. Yeah, that's, that's rough. I mean, I'll say that in the three or four years that I dated my ex, uh, dating world has completely changed and it's just a disaster now. I mean, you guys have seen all the photos I posted and it was nothing like that before. So I can't imagine being like in my fifties and having to deal with that. I can't even imagine. (laughs) I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine dating as a fully formed adult. I guess I don't know. It just uh, it was rough last time I dated, which was seven years ago. It feels like everything has changed. Yeah, no, it's it's completely right. It's completely insane now. And and the weird thing is, like even before that, it it hadn't changed that much, at least from like my early twenties. And I feel like the past like, like three or four years has just been. A complete zoo. Like it's just so so bizarre. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It seems crazy. So, on your dating apps, is there like a score your libido from one to ten? No, but it definitely should be. Then again, it probably mean, it'd probably get um abused by all the bots. There's a lot of bots on dating apps too. And uh, oh god, we'll have to get into that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I really, I, I honestly like I. I'm actually that's very surprising because I feel like seven years ago there weren't but i'm very that's odd bots on dating apps yeah or they're trying to get you to go to all sorts of sites like cam sites and stuff like that it's just like it's terrible well i came up with the show title for that episode it's gonna call it's gonna be called hot or bot Ooh, that's not a bad one yeah it's good right <laughs> all right <laughs> so so if you if you got on um okay so so bishy bishy's getting on tinder and tinder has a new feature and it's it's um, or maybe i don't know i haven't been i've never been on tinder so i'm gonna pretend it's a new feature and it's 
It's rate your libido from one to 10. Is there like an 11 or 12? <laughs> no, this is not spinal tap. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, no, 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 no. I mean, it's so, okay. So you might, you might believe and very well be, and I have no reason to doubt you an 11, but what would you say on a dating app? Oh yeah, I, w- I would definitely say 10. And actually there's, uh, there's another dating site, OkCupid, and they ask a bunch of questions and there's a bunch of really funny questions related to this. Like, um, like how frequent and, and a whole bunch of stuff like that. And uh, like, how would you rate your libido? And then there's higher than average, lower than oh. average or about average. And I always think it's really funny when people put higher than average, but their sexual frequency is like once a month and um, they don't want to have sex until after six dates. Like, I don't think that's higher than average. And if it is higher than average, we're in a very sad world. I mean, to be fair, uh, uh, you may not want to have sex with uh, somebody you meet online for six dates. That doesn't mean that you're not banging your friends with friend with benefits on the side until then. That's true. But I mean, it just, it just seems kind of strange. But then also frequency is once a month. I think that's the one that kind of gets me or, or something like that or like less than once a week or whatever it is. Yeah, but I mean, that could be an access issue. Uh, uh, does that mean uh, with somebody else or does that, that doesn't count solo? <laughs> I guess it doesn't count solo. I don't know. It's kind of left right. up open to interpretation, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, let me put it this way. I have, a, I have a buddy who used to ask me all the time. He's like, do you have a type? And like, he had a very clear type. Like he liked blonde hair, blue eyes, tall, big boobs, like basic Barbie doll. And, um, it's interesting get, that, that his type is only physical characteristics. Yeah, exactly. Right. And he asked me what my type is. And I'm like, honestly, dude, I don't really have a type, especially not a physical type. I, and I basically told him the only thing I'm looking for is like 30 years from now, do I still want to tear this girl's clothes off? Right. So yeah, I feel, I feel like if that chemistry isn't there, then there's no point in me dating somebody. Yeah, that's true. And that, that, that can, chem- I mean, hair falls out. Um, shapes change um right but like the the person is still there yeah exactly you know? and, if, and if somebody thinks that they can wait six dates then i don't think that's gonna work <laughs> well i don't i mean how, how i mean are you go, going on a date every other night like what's the what's the frequency of these dates <laughs> I, I don't know but i feel like six dates is just like that's like at least three or four weeks out six dates is like I, i'm not easy i'm a lady don't or, you think or, that or maybe it's just that they're boring i don't know like they, they shouldn't they shouldn't i mean like how do i put this you don't need to do it on the second date with everyone but if you're if you're vibing and you're having great chemistry there's no point in being artificial and saying you know what no we still got to count on four more before i feel okay with this but oh, yeah so i actually uh, remember going on a date with a guy and we counted our second date as two dates because we went to two places so that was three dates <laughs> oh okay interesting so right that, so that we did explain... a little <laughs> a little a little uh, messing with math there but it happens <laughs> that's interesting actually because i do a lot of like two-part dates for sure so but you count those that's... you count those as two i mean I don't, I don't count i mean it's not math it's dating right no it is it's dating it's chemistry it's it's uh, how comfortable yeah. you feel with the person exactly so but that's interesting i've never heard that theory before but i've always i've always kind of done that two-part dates because um <laughs> it just it makes the whole thing more interesting i didn't realize that it kind of counted as two which which should explain a lot in my book it, it counts as two potentially three i mean it really you know <laughs> interesting whatever you have to so because i don't know you know back quote unquote back in the day you know, there was this, um, 
pervasive knowledge that the third date was the sex date. I feel like that even showed up in some sitcoms as kind of a trope, like probably, or joke. Like, it probably did. I mean, like not not to skip too ahead on the sort of rules or things I look for in a first date. I mean, one of them is if a kiss didn't happen, not not that has to be forced, but if just there wasn't a chemistry for it, then there's not a second date. And if there's no sex on the second date, then there's not a third date. Wow. Okay. So six dates is just way too long. Yeah. You have to go to a lot of restaurants. That's, that's, that's two two-part dates though. So, or, or, or two three-part dates. So that kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to have to go to a lot of restaurants or a lot of progressive uh, meals where you go to appetizer one place, dinner another place, dessert another well, usually, place. Usually you stick to activities actually. I find that works a lot better and then, and then go grab food somewhere else. So it's kind of uh I always Activi- activity, activities are like lower, lower pressure, right? And they're, if the conversation sucks, then you can just keep playing pool or something yeah, else. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, the last activity date I went on was um, probably um, not the smartest idea in retrospect. Um, the gun range? No. Um, I, oh, no, but that actually reminds me of a different first date that was also not a good idea so i'll go back to i'll go to that one instead i brought i brought somebody on a first date to a lock picking class at a hacker space that is amazing i legit yes i legit taught this guy how to pick locks on the first date i mean that's that's pretty cool that would have that would have gained you some major points i taught him how to break into my apartment on the first date i mean that part's not so great in retrospect right like i like we went to a hacker space. He was actually really good, way better than I was. It was um oh god, open open lock sport. Open lock sport was the guy is a company or organization that he came and he taught us how to uh bump key and just pick locks in general and it was super fun. But then when I left, I was like, Wow, I just went on a date and I taught this guy how to potentially break into my apartment. So that probably wasn't smart. <laughs> but it was a cool activity. And it was really fun. I also went on a extremely tough up up and down a mountain ten mile hike with somebody on a first date, which was not as uh, dangerous That's per se, but sweaty. it was long. It was sweaty and it was long, and it was an investment. There was no turning back, right? Yeah. I mean, it was a long, long hike. So we were we were we were in it together for a long time. Wow. That was tough. That's... And he wanted to have sex on the first date, but he was just in the middle of a separation, not even divorced. Oh my, and I think that's... he just wanted to get some strange. And yeah. I was not willing to be that. And he actually got back together with his wife. Ooh. That's... No, they ha- you know what? They ha- she cheated on him. They had a bunch, they had some kids. I'm glad they worked it out. So whatever, like if he was okay with it, it it's better they worked it out. I wasn't that into him anyway. Um, it was a cool hike. <laughs> um, uh, but that You're was the, about, you know. The optimist here. That's good. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Always look on the bright side of a bad date. So, um, yeah. Actually, that, yeah, that lock, would be another good show topic. Class. Do we have bad dates or bad date stories? Yeah. That is an excellent. I actually believe that we could get some really good user. I, oh, yeah. I definitely have Listener some too, and producer so. feedback. Yes. And yeah. some good listener and producer feedback on some really bad date stories. And, and we've been asked to have a, a dial in or call in number to leave voicemails. Oh, wow. 
So I think, I know we have an email address. Do you want to pimp we that do. email address? It is bishop.beaverbrook at gmail.com. All right, that's bishop.beaverbrook. Sounds like it's spelled at gmail.com. And then potentially we can set up a phone number for some uh, call-ins. We do a Google and I would number that we have. Yeah, we, could, we yeah. could do a Google voice and we can get some great uh, voicemails from user, uh, users. Why do I keep calling them users? Ah, stupid job. Uh, a great, uh, great voicemails from producers on some of their experiences. I think bad dates would be hilarious because I'm sorry. But there ain't nobody out there with a bad date that doesn't have a bad date experience. I mean, and if you don't, then hint, you are the bad date. You're not trying. Yes. <laughs> and you're, or you're not trying hard enough. Or yes, you are somebody else's story. Absolutely. Hands down. I'm sure I'm somebody else's story. It's cool. We all have those stories. You know what? Come think, I'm truly trying to think of it. I mean, there must have been a date where I've bombed, but I, I honestly can't remember one. So. Oh, gosh. I'm sure. I, I, I mean... I had some weird dates during the Match.com days when Match.com was the only game in town. I've bounced out the back door of bars. Oh, oh, this actually, and I, yeah, I don't want to feed into it too much, but but I have a, a really really good thing. Uh, actually, no, no, we'll save we'll save it for that that other. Episode. Okay, good. We'll yeah. save it for. Our, I gotta I gotta dig up some of these um these stories, but I, uh, I let's will let's just say I had a strategy to sort of get out of bad dates that was like foolproof. Oh well, except for that, once. That, that's like that's like trade secret right there. <laughs> well, I mean, I I can tell it now because I don't really go there anymore. The place is closed, but um, but there there's, there was a little trick that I had that was great. Um, and and it didn't hurt anybody's feelings either, so it was really it was perfect. That's awesome. So obviously, Bishop knows how to fake a seizure, and we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think I don't know. I think we've talked about this topic a lot. I think um, so. What do you think? I don't, I don't think we had any listener feedback on this topic, but you know, maybe after we release this, we'll get some listener feedback and yeah, read it at the beginning of the next, uh, the next uh, podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Think? I think that's a good idea. And um, if we're going to, if we're going to do our outro, then we just got to mention our value for value for value uh, methodology here. So if you like our podcast, donate to no agenda, give us the credit and that way no agenda wins you win. Cause we keep creating this great podcast no agenda keeps creating a great podcast and keeps us on their network and everybody's happy. Dvorak.org slash NA donate either under Bishop DC girl, or just donate under your own name. We don't care. It's value for value for value. Yeah. And let us know. And we'll, uh, we'll give you credit on the show, even if it's under 50 bucks. Absolutely. And I think we would love to get some great ads for some of the other podcasts on the No Agenda Network to run during our next uh, episode. We love, what do we get? Grumpy Old Ben's, Mo Fax, uh, Hog Story, obviously No Agenda, the, that Larry show. What else do we have running on there? I think I may have hit most you, of them. I think you got most of them, yeah. Or if um, there's any new ones popping up, like we can do a little preview ad, just send us a little clip. Yes. And if we forgot, if, if we forgot anybody, we uh, absolutely are sorry. <laughs> oh, and Mo Fax. Mo Fax. I said Mo Fax. I said Mo Fax. We okay. love you, Mo. Don't worry, Mo. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and we hope everybody tunes in uh, next time for the next Smashcast. Yeah. All right. So Bishop, it was really good talking to you. I love yeah. uh, this armchair psychologist job I have with your dating life. Yeah, I can't wait. I know. I know. Cause you're, you're out there, you're out there in the thick of things and I'm in here in the, the thick of a long-term relationship. So I guess we have different perspectives, but it's really fun to talk to you. It was. 
and we will be back next week.